right now on Truth Today is a revival breaking out throughout the United States. We're going to look at what the Bible says about revival and how there can be no revival without the renewed fear of the Lord. We're also going to be discussing this train derailment in Ohio. What is not being told? This is a major story. We're going to be discussing more on the CCP incursion balloons. And we're going to be looking at our path forward as Christians, why we must continue to contend for our faith. That and much more right now on Truth Today. Well, thank you for joining us uh, this morning or this afternoon, depending on the time zone you're in. Uh, this is Pastor Sharam Hadian with Truth and Love Ministry. We want to welcome you to Truth Today. And uh, we're, we're so glad that you can join us. We have a lot to cover on the show today. And uh, we really want to uh, seek the Lord and have wisdom and discernment. Uh, before we get into the show, I just want to encourage you again. Uh, if you're on Rumble, visit our website at tilministry.com tilministry.com. Also, go to our Rumble page. If you're not on Rumble, please, uh, rumble.com slash Sharam and rumble.com slash Sharam Please subscribe as we are trying to build up our Rumble audience. Uh, we're live streaming there. We're uh, uploading all of our content there uh, as our new platform, as well as on our website. So we just encourage you, please, utilize our website, utilize Rumble to stay connected with our ministry. Also, if you're not getting text alerts, let's go to our uh, text alert page if we have that dry up, please. Um, if you're not getting our text alerts, then this is how you can join our text alert. You just type in the number 689-888-7884 or 689-TT-TRUTH. The TT is for truth today and the word truth then you just type in the word join, J-O-I-N, in the body of the text and push send. That will subscribe you to our text alert. Now, it doesn't cost you anything, but it costs us. But that will then uh, allow you to get the alerts when we go live with our programming like we did today. So please make sure you, you uh, utilize that. Now, um, we want to jump in this morning um, into the subject of revival. We have been praying and talking about the need for revival in our nation, in the world, for months and months and months, in fact, years. We know that true biblical revival is the only thing that can truly awaken people to Christ and, and turn them to the Lord and away from the enemy and away from the things of the world. We know that revival is going to be necessary if we have any pushback against the global beast system that is being set up and advanced rapidly as we speak. It is on uh, steroids, the work of the enemy to establish the Revelation 13 beast system of one world government, one world economy, and one world religion. So, I believe, and I've said this for, for two years now, that I believe that the Lord is prophesying a reprieve, a temporary pushback against things that must happen, but what we don't know is the timing of when those things will happen. Nobody can sit and predict the timing of those things, and if you see people predicting the timing of these things, then you need to not listen to those people that are predicting the exact timing of these things. We do not know exactly when the tribulation will start. We do not know exactly when um, uh, the coming of the Lord is. We do not know exactly when the seals of the book of Revelation will be uh, unleashed and opened. What we do know, though, is that they're going to happen. But in the meantime, we're called to occupy. We're called to be watchmen. We're called to pray and repent and fast and resist. And those are the things that our ministry is continuing to push for and advocate and also to teach the Word of God and to have discernment in this hour. Because anything that God is doing, the enemy is going to counterfeit. You can count on that. Uh, in fact, this morning as I was praying, that's what the Lord put on my spirit, that we have to uh, educate the body of Christ to make sure that they can discern true revival from counterfeit revival. You better believe that if God is bringing true revival, and we're going to define that a little bit today and then more on Thursday, 
on our show at eight o'clock Eastern. You, you, you got to, to understand that, that if, if God's bringing true revival, Satan will counterfeit it. Whatever God does, Satan counterfeits it because that's what he does. Satan is a counterfeiter. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. So do I believe is revival breaking out? Is there a breakthrough right now of revival in the land? Could we be witnessing that revival? Yes, I absolutely believe that there is a breakthrough of revival happening in certain parts of our nation and even potentially certain parts of the world, like in Iran, where you have, under great persecution, the fastest growing church numerically in the world. That is a revival. It is not a spontaneous revival, like potentially what we're seeing at Asbury College in Kentucky, which we'll talk about just in a few minutes. But it is a revival and is a longstanding revival because as more and more people come to Christ, then the Spirit of the Lord is changing a generation, is changing a culture there. And in fact, I think that that, that revival has had a lot to do with the... Uh, uprisings that we've seen in Iran since September, uh, the, the largest uprising since the uh, coup, uh, history calls it revolution, but it was really a coup in 1979. So if we're going to evaluate if revival is breaking out, there are certain things that we have to look at, and we have to look at biblical patterns to see, do we see biblical patterns present? Because this is not the first time that revival has happened. Revival has happened in certain places around the world at certain times where God decides to pour out an extra measure of His Spirit. Of course, as believers, we carry the Holy Spirit in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So God can revive us. And, and by the way, that's what we have to define. We have to define what revival is. There's different aspects of revival. So I want to start there with you this morning and talk about that before we go into the Word of God. Um, this, there was actually an interesting article that I was reading and I thought that they did a, a really good job of kind of defining the, the, the various levels of revival. Um, because there are predominantly three types uh, when, when, the, when we hear the word revival. Number one, it's a return to a state of activity. So in the case of as Christians, you were saved, you were passionate, you were on fire, and then over time that fire dwindles, you start, uh, the faith becomes lukewarm. We know the Bible has warned that the last church is going to be the Laodicean church, the lukewarm church. We know that we need to pray for the lukewarm churches, that they God would revive them and put a fire in them so that either be hot or cold, because otherwise God's going to vomit or spew them out of his mouth. He already is. He's already exposing all of the lukewarm churches. We did that to ex extent on our show on Thursday night last week when I, when I talked about uh, the false teacher now, Andy Stanley. I talked about that in my sermon on Sunday at Patriot Church. I'm going to be talking about uh, this again this coming Sunday when I talk about the fear of the Lord and revival in our land. Uh, but when I talked about the fact that we're already seeing a lukewarm compromised church. So revival in this um, definition is that when that person is revived back to an original state of activity. How many of you remember the day the, the, when you got saved with the excitement, the joy, the anticipation, the hunger for the things of the Lord. And then life gets in the way and challenges get in the way and the enemy gets in the way and we begin to lose our fervor. We begin to lose our passion. We begin to lose our commitment. We get sucked in by the things of the world. And, and, and now we pray that God will come and revive us back to our original state of activity, which is where you now are on fire for your first love. This is what God spoke to the church in Ephesus in the book of Revelation. Return to your first love. That's a form of revival. If God returns us back to our first love, that's a form of revival. The second form of uh, revival is a renewed attention to spiritual things. 
This is really what we call an awakening. Because, for example, when a nation or a people or a church have forgotten the spiritual things of God, have forgotten who God is, have forgotten God's authority, sovereignty, power, they then turn to idols. They then turn to false gods. They then turn to their own vices, uh, their own humanism, into idol worship, into worshiping uh, uh, Baal and Ashtoreth and Molech. How many times do we see that in the Old Testament pattern? So in this case, God is reviving, uh, or I should say awakening, renewing the attention to spiritual things because now, and this oftentimes can happen in the life of an unbeliever where you have an unbeliever. So the first revival is in the life of a believer, right? Restoring back to the original state of activity. You're saved, you're born again, but you've lost that first love, you're restored back. The second one is really for the, 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 the nation, the world, the un, unsaved, where you're, you're bringing their attention. And it can apply to the saved, but you're really bringing their attention to spiritual matters. There's an awakening happening to the things that are spiritual. Just like in America, where we have so forsaken God, removed the Bible, removed the Ten Commandments, removed prayer, uh, remove the teaching of God as, cre as creator. We've now become so licentious and lewd and depraved as a nation, uh, celebrating every immorality, celebrating the murder of children. So for God to bring a revival, there must first be an awakening to spiritual things. People have to come back. Now, ironically, and I've said this many times, there is a heightened aware of spirituality People who say, well, we're, we're, we're in a post-Christian world, well, yes, to some extent, but we're not in a post-spiritual world because more young people are spiritualized. They're spiritualized, though, into the demonic. They're spiritualized into the satanic. They're spiritualized into false gods and false worship than they are into the one true God. They have the, they have the form of spirituality, as Paul says, but they deny the power thereof. That's the second kind. Now, the third kind is a revival that is a recovery of life after death. So first of all, we know that when we die, we're going to be renewed. We're going to be reborn in the sense of, 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 of receiving a new body. And that new body is our eternal body that will then uh, be given to us so that we can fully enjoy and, 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 and be able to take in the glory of God when we're with Him in glory. But... Speaking of spiritual life and death, now this is where you have salvation. You are in death and you're now coming into life. You're spiritually dead. Your, your, your eternity is, is destined for death and now you're coming into life and life abundant and life eternal. So you have now this renewed uh, or not renewed, but you have a brand new sense of being revived. So in essence, when you're saved, that's a revival. There's a revi That's why part of revival ought to be that we should be witnessing uh, salvation uh, because of the renewed or, or, or revived from death to life. This is why when we uh, get baptized, water baptized, not Holy Spirit baptized, uh, we have the analogy of being dunked under, fully immersed, then coming up, and it's, it's, it's dying to self, and then coming up to life. So these are predominantly kind of the three categories of revival. Now, within the second category of spiritual renewal, that's, that, that, that sense of an awakening, one of the things that God does is that He uses signs and wonders. God, throughout history, will use signs and wonders, whether it's Him in the wilderness with the people, um, with, with, with a, a cloud, with fire, with demonstration of his power, uh, demonstration of miracles, demonstration of miracles over the enemy like the Red Sea or the crossing of the Jordan when they were going to the promised land, uh, or whether it's Jesus walking and doing miracles as he was calling people to repent and come to the kingdom of heaven. That's the third revival, right? From death to life. The second revival is as he's doing that, he is then calling for 
um, uh, the, the, the um, renewed sense of understanding of God's um, powers that God is a supernatural God and that we're witnessing supernatural things. By the way, remember, that, as I said, everything that God does, Satan's going to counterfeit. And we know that the Antichrist, when he comes, he will counterfeit the death and resurrection of Jesus by him being dead and raised from the dead after three days or appearing to raise from the dead or appearing to be dead and raised from the dead, whether it actually happens or not. But that's what the Bible says in the book of Revelation. Then we have manifestation of powers and manifestation of worship, the first beast, the second beast in Revelation 13. So Satan's going to try to copy or, 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 or counterfeit the true movement of, of the outpouring of the Spirit, both in Joel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2, in the last days, God will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. And so we're going to see signs and wonders, and signs and wonders ought to be present during an authentic revival. But the number one thing that ought to be present is the repentance, because ultimately, whether you are dead in trespass, unsaved, destined for hell, and God revives you and brings you into the kingdom through His Son, Jesus Christ, whether you are uh, um, somewhat aware of spirituality and you need to then come into the true spirituality and the true faith in Christ, or whether you're a Christian and God is bringing a revival, a renewing, a returning back to the original state, restoring the fire of faith in us, and bringing us back to a passionate pursuit and fervor, by the way, which must, must entail the fear of the Lord, holiness. As I said on Thursday night, and as I said in my sermon on Sunday, I believe the last move of God, and I believe, by the way, that this is the last revival and move of God before the tribulation. I, I believe that we're that close. However this move of God lasts, However months, a few years, however long it lasts, that revival is to then raise up a remnant church like the Church of Philadelphia in the book of Revelation that then will stand faithfully even under great persecution. And in fact, in the Old Testament, we're going to look at here just in a minute, Second Kings, you're going to see that the revival preceded the captivity. The revival was there preceding the challenging days that they had to go through for what was coming because God was still going to judge the nation of Israel uh, for her rebellion and God is still going to judge this world according to its rebellion. God is judging America according to its rebellion. That is not going to stop. But in the midst of that, God is bringing a revival to awaken some, some, to that. And we'll talk about Asbury in a minute. But I want to uh, focus here. Let's turn to now the Bible, the Word of God, and we're going to look at 2 Kings chapter 22 and 23. And we're going to look at an example of a revivalist a, a reformer who God brings to the nation of Judah when Israel is already toast. The northern kingdom is already toast and God is bringing now a temporary revival to the nation of Judah, giving the nation, let's not forget that Judah was given extra time. Jerusalem, or I should say Israel, northern kingdom fell in 722 BC. Jerusalem and Judah did not fall till 586. That 146-year period, I believe if I do my math right, now, now i got to double-check because I want to make sure that I, I'm good at math. Did I do that right? 586. Oh, 136. I'm sorry. See, that's why I checked it. The 136 years that God gave them extra from the fall of, of, of Israel to the fall of Judah, that was because God brought these reformers like Josiah. So Josiah was eight years old when he became king. This is in chapter 22 of 2 Kings. So we're in 2 Kings 22. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedida, the daughter of Adaiah of Bozkath. Now, 
He did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David. And he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. That's very important to understand that that's why the Lord used him because he was a faithful king. He was a faithful man. He was a faithful young man after the heart of God. Remember, this is a youth movement. He's a young king. So God is using youth. And that's why I think that uh, the, the move in Asbury that's happening right now in Kentucky um, has the hallmarks of, of a genuine revival for various reasons. One of them being that there is a pattern in Scripture that God will use, in this case, a young leader and young people uh, to, to, to birth that hunger for that revival. Now, watch this. Part of the reason that the nation of Israel had fallen so far away from God and the nation of Judah had fallen so far away from God is because they had forgotten the commandments of God. They had forgotten the word of God. Remember back then, they didn't have the full Bible. They had the scriptures. They had the teachings of the prophets. And they had forsaken that teaching. And so as in one generation, they had forsaken that teaching. Now they've turned to... Baal and Ashtoreth and idols and false gods and depending on their own might and depending on looking to other nations. So now it came to pass in verse 3, in the 18th year of King Josiah, that the king sent Shaphan, the scribe, the son of Azaliah. I'm going to forget the rest of the um, names. Uh, he, he sent them to count the money which has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have gathered from the people and let them deliver into it into the hand of those doing the work who are the overseers in the house of the Lord because they want to restore the temple. They want to restore worship. They had lost worship. They had lost the praise of God and the sacrifices that were called out according to the Levitical law for the nation. Um, let them give it to those who are in the house of the Lord doing the work in, to repair the damages to the house, to carpenters, to builders, to masons, and to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house of the Lord. So they're physically looking to repair the house of the Lord, which is what we need to do spiritually. We need to repair the church. We need to re repair and revive the church. You want to talk about those three examples the church is one who has lost its first love. The church is one who has lost the spiritual uh, condition. In fact, some of our churches are dead in their trespasses. They're dead. That's why, again, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the dead church. The apostate church is one. The dead church is one. And so we have now the, the condition that they're trying to restore. Now watch this. Um, in verse 8, Watch what happens. Then Hilkiah the high priest says to Shaphan the scribe, I have found, as they go into the house of the Lord, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. So Shaphan the scribe went to the king, bringing the king word saying, your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and delivered into the hands of those who did the work who oversee the, the house of the Lord. But then Shaphan the scribe showed the king saying, Hilkiah the high priest has given me a book. And he began to read it before King Josiah. So here we have the number one hallmark of revival. Are you ready? The number one hallmark of revival. And that is the renewing or the, 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 the elevating of the word of God again. Remember what happened in our nation? They removed the Word of God. They removed the Bible uh, and the teaching of God as, cre as Creator. And that removal has shooken the foundation of the nation. And now they're destroying everything because we have removed the Word of God. That's why I love the ministries that will go to county seats and courthouses and, 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 and uh, uh, places of, of authority. And they will... They will read the Bible openly for hours, 24-7, for days on end, because that is part of the, um, that is, listen, 
you cannot dismiss the work that has been put in. If, if we are genuinely seeing revival, you cannot dismiss the work that has been put in by faithful people who would go and sit and for hours openly sit there in the heat, in the rain, in the cold, and read the Word of God aloud to allow the Word of God to be elevated again in that community because that is the first pattern that we see here in the Old Testament because look what happened. Look what happened. Now what happened, this is in verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. He was so convicted by the Spirit of God as the Word of God was read out loud, the Bible, yes, Andy Stanley, the Bible says the scriptures, as this, the scriptures were read out loud, there was authority and power in the Word of God because it will not return null and void. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, uh, Akbor the son of uh, Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and uh, Esaiah, serving the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. Can we not say that today in the church? Our fathers, our forefathers, our shepherds, our pastors have forsaken the word of the Lord, have forsaken the teachings of God. God is bringing calamity and judgment and moral depravity and decay. And what is the solution? We must inquire of the Lord, number one. Number two, once this is done both individually and corporately, the rereading of the, of the word of God, making the Bible the core of every single thing that we do, this will lead to genuine repentance. That's what you see in Josiah. Tearing his clothes, that is a sign of what? That is a sign of being cut to the heart. He is absolutely devastated by the conviction of the Spirit. He's got to rip his clothes because, oh Lord, and remember, the teachings of Moses, the teachings of the Word that, are, that would, have, would have spelled out the blessings and the curses. If you obey me, here are the blessings. If you disobey me, here are the curses. I'm sure Josiah was reading the consequences of, of the disobedience and saying, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We haven't done that. We've forsaken God and this, 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 this. And look at the consequences. Look what's happened to Israel. Now look what, can ha what, what is going to happen to us. And now, the third thing that happens is now God, after he brings genuine repentance and people begin to repent corporately and individually, this is what we need to be doing and this is what I believe is actually happening in Asbury right now. God then follows that true repentance with a move of his spirit to obedience and to remove idols. Okay? So... Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, verse 16, thus says the Lord, behold, I will bring calamity on this place. This is what, Je this is what uh, uh, Josiah is reading. I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants, all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods that they might provoke me to anger with, with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. And, and, and you cannot say, well, that's the Old Testament law. It doesn't apply to us today. We're under grace. No, because this is talking about national identity as well as this is not just individual. This is corporately, the corporate church and the national identity. As a nation and as a church, we have so forsaken God's word. We have aroused God's anger. Yes, God still gets angry. If he didn't, then there would be no need for salvation. There would be no need for people to get saved because if we're just under grace and everybody is in, nobody's out, nobody is lost into eternal, uh, eternal hell. 
So verse 18, but as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, in this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the works, the words which you have heard. Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would be, become a desolation and a curse, and you tore your clothes and wept, that's the genuine repentance, before me, I have also heard you, says the Lord. Surely, therefore, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I will bring on this place. By the way, remember, God delayed the calamity because of the obedience of people like Josiah, but he eventually brought the calamity because he had spoken it. It must have had happened. The 70-year captivity had to happen. And ultimately, the 70 years of captivity led to Israel never becoming a nation again until our lifetime. That's phenomenal, two and a half thousand plus years. So God kept his promise. He just delayed it to give them more time. And that doesn't change his timing. That was within his will. As I believe it is within his will right now to give us a little bit more time for us to have genuine revival and repentance and an awakening and a turning back to him and removing all the idols before our lives, if, we, if not uh, in our nation. But the end will come. The tribulation of Daniel 9 will happen. The seven years will come. The Antichrist will come. The beast system will be set up. And the return of the Lord is imminent. Now watch this. Verse 20, now let's go to chapter 23. Now the king sent them to gather all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant. So first the word of God comes to the leadership. Now he is so convicted and torn. He then goes before the people and he reads the word of God out loud before the people. Now, what is going to happen to the people? Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand for the covenant. This is why we have, I don't know, Dry, if we have that image, we probably don't, but we have, the, we have the Declaration of Dependence on God on our website. Please go to our website at tilministry.com slash live, or I'm, so, I'm sorry, tilministry.com slash declaration. Read the declaration. After COVID, we put together this declaration as a returning unto the Lord, back to trusting Him, back to relying on Him for our provisions, for our protection, for our health, and we need to obey him and not obey this uh, corrupt world system. So now um, they're returning. And the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, to peace, the priest of the second order, and the doorkeepers to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the articles that were made for Baal, for Asherah, and for all the hosts of heaven, and he burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. Then he removed the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense on the high places in the cities of Judah and in the places all around Jerusalem. And those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun, to the moon, to the constellations, and to all the hosts of heaven. And he brought out the wood, wooden images from the house of the Lord to the brook Kidron outside Jerusalem, burned it at the brook, ground it to ashes, threw the ashes on the graves of the common people. Then he tore down the ritual boots of the perverted persons that were in the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the wooden image. And he brought all the priests from the cities of Judah and defiled the high priest where the priests had burned incense from Geba to Beersheba, also, he broke down the high places of the gates, which were at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were to the left of the city gate. So what you have to understand is now this is leading the people back to the heart of the Lord. This is leading the people back to true, true repentance and, and, and obedience to the Lord 
and salvation to the Lord. Again, those three things that I mentioned at the beginning, the three types of revival. And again, I'm not discounting deliverance. I think there is a godly deliverance underway, but there's also a counterfeit deliverance underway. You have to be on guard for anybody that says that we're going to set you free because as a believer, you are not under bondage of sin. You can be oppressed by the enemy. You can have um, things that are addictions that need to be broken, fear, anxiety, trauma, but you cannot be possessed. If you hear anybody tell you that as a believer in Christ, filled by the Holy Spirit, with the temple of, of, of the Spirit, that you can be possessed, flee from that person. Flee. That is unbiblical. No Christian can be possessed. Oppressed, yes. Attacked, yes. Influenced, yes. Deceived, yes. But possession denies the occupation of the Holy Spirit. We either are a temple of the Spirit or we're not. You cannot have two occupying the house. Now, the Holy Spirit can be in the house and a window is open and the enemy comes in through that window and causes havoc. You shut the window, you kick out the enemy and you then once again declare that this house, this temple belongs to the Holy Spirit. For me and my household, spiritually and physically, we will serve the Lord. But to suggest that as a believer filled with the Holy Spirit, that this demonic entity has come in and taken occupation and is ruling and reigning you is completely unbiblical, completely against the Word of God. And so even with deliverance ministry, I don't care who it is, you must discern and revival isn't deliverance. Deliverance is one component of revival. Just as salvation is a component of revival. Just as repentance must be the component of revival. So now, let's go quickly to uh, a story about Asbury. Do you have that article, Drya, please? About the long, uh, yeah, the longest church service at Asbury since 1970 has been happening nonstop since last Wednesday. What's interesting is that for um, those who didn't know, like me, Asbury University in Kentucky has this. This was this is not the first time this has happened. In 1970, there was a major, long-standing outbreak of revival. And what, by the way, one of the hallmarks of revival is that it's never man-made or man. Uh, conspired. You can't will it. You can't just say, we're going to have a revival meeting and show up and expect that. There may be some move of the Spirit, but this, I believe what's happening in Asbury was completely spontaneous. It was sp completely a spontaneous outpouring. I believe God is responding to the hearts of these young people that are crying out. And so... Um, Students felt the urge to stay with the mandatory chapel service. We are unique because three times a week we stop everything that we're doing and gather for chapel service together, said the president of Asbury. But it just never ended. Of course, many people have come from far away to go and see it. We're about three hours away here. We had some people from Patriot Church go up and experience that, and they said that it was an amazing, peaceful move of the Spirit. What they didn't say was, uh, everybody was slaying the spirit or uh, they were all jumping around and acting crazy. What they said was that there was weeping. If, you, if you've seen any of the videos, if you've seen the, the, the pictures, there, was, there, there has been a lot of weeping. There's been a lot of repentance. There's been a lot of confession of sins. There's been a lot of, there has been some deliverance in the sense of the deliverance in this case in the life of believers being that they're breaking away from idolatry just as Josiah got rid of the Ashtoreth and the Baal and the false priest. We got a re true revival will bring in our lives where we begin to remove those things that are idolatrous to the Lord. It can be um, 
It can be uh, some addiction like pornography or alcohol or drugs. It can be the addiction to sports. It's like we saw with the Super Bowl where it could be where sports are ruling my life. I, I was an athlete and uh, the, before I was a Christian, uh, sports were everything to me. I lived and breathed by, by sports and by the sports that I played. That, it can be an idol and you have to make sure that you don't allow that to be an idol in your life. Uh, uh, your family can be an idol where you put your family before God and you have the wrong order. Your job can be an idol. Your career can be an idol. Um, any of those things of the world can be an idol. And I'm not saying they're not necessary. You have to have a job. You got to take care of your family. You got to love your, your, your family. But I'm saying that are they taking the place? Have they come into the temple of the Spirit the temple of the Holy Spirit, and they've taken residence as something that is now distracting you from the world. Again, I'm not saying possession, but that 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 thing is, is distracting you. Even family. Even family can be a distraction because you have the burdens of life, like I've had for the last three plus four weeks with the sicknesses in my family, with my kids, and, and break broken legs and uh, by the way, please pray for my son. Continue to pray for my son, Micaiah. He had had his tonsils taken out last Tuesday, a week ago uh, today. And supposed to be routine. But then um, uh, he was having some, some issues with uh, low oxygen. We had to take him in to get that checked. Um, it, was, it was part of the, the medication that they had him on, I think. Then, um, uh, then we went completely you know, naturalistic and, and homeopathic which helped. But then on Sunday, I got back from church after preaching two services and pouring myself out, coming home and, and hoping to be able to rest a little bit. I, on the way home, my wife's like, he had a coughing fit and his, um, his, his, his scabs came loose and he started having blood clots uh, from those. And by the time I get home, I don't know how much blood he had swallowed. Um, he vomits twice, a whole bunch of blood, clots, huge clots, and it wasn't from his stomach, it was from the bleeding. Anyway, so we have to rush him to the ER. Thank God the doctor that did the procedure on him was on call, and they had to take him back in. Totally traumatic for him and for us because he just fought us to go under, which I don't blame him. He was scared. But anyway, he's doing so much better now. We got him home after that, and it was just, I mean, I was in tears having to hold my son down to so that they can give him the medicine to, to put him out so he can go into the surgery to get this thing cauterized because it was bleeding. So anyway, uh, these are the distractions of life. And so those distractions can, can, um, uh, can pull us away from the Lord. And they're, they're necessary. We, they're a responsibility. But if those things get in the way of us pursuing God and obeying God, now that becomes an idol. Anyway, so... This is amazing, I think, what's happening because what I've seen at Asbury compared to what I've seen in other places where tent meetings and, and, and we just want to call it a revival is that, number one, is the Word of God being read out loud. Number two, is there genuine repentance? Number three, does it lead to removing idols and obedience to God now and restoring the worship of the true God. Part of the reason is getting rid of all this junk in the temple of the Lord is that he is being called, Josiah I'm talking about, is being called by God to restore true worship. David did the same thing earlier on when he became king over Israel. He restored the worship of the Lord, 24-7 worship. And that's what you're seeing at Asbury. By the way, uh, we're getting word that some of that is breaking out. Uh, Cedarville University in Ohio is reporting that potentially there's been now several hours. Uh, Lee University here in Cleveland, Tennessee. So I think that this could be happening in other parts of the nation as well. Interesting that it's breaking out in universities. But um, we need to pray that the spontaneous move of God according to His Spirit will indeed happen according to His Spirit. May no man touch this revival. May no man touch the glory of this revival. And may no one take credit for this revival, but give glory to God. And so far, 
Uh, I, I believe, and based on the people that went from our church and testified, we believe this is a genuine move of God. But even with deliverance ministry, folks, be on guard because deliverance is not the be-all and end-all. Discipleship is the be-all and end-all. We must become disciples of Christ, fervently, passionately pursuing Him. Deliverance should be just a mechanism and a, 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 a manifestation of the greater move of God. That's um, very important to understand. So we're going to keep an eye on this. But I want to say one more thing to you before we cover the last few headlines that we have. And that is, revival can never happen without the fear of the Lord. What did Josiah experience when he read the law of the book, of, of, the, of the book and the law of God? He experienced genuine fear of the Lord. The awe that makes you tremble. Right? Paul said that I don't come in eloquent words, but I come in the fear and trembling by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the fear of the Lord. Because as a teacher of the Word of God, you better believe God's going to hold you to account. That's why woe to all these false teachers like Andy Stanley now who are telling us to unhitch from the Old Testament, unhitch from the Ten Commandments, embrace, be a gay-affirming church, and we're going to, gay people have more faith than, than, than we do because they come to... All this nonsense is false teaching. We, if we walk in the fear of the Lord, will uplift the Word of God. So true revival, true revival is a manifestation of God's holiness. Not just His love, but His holiness. As I said on Sunday, God's love is in a cocoon around His holiness. And so, if it's genuine and not a counterfeit, you will see genuine move to God's holiness. To live according to God's ways. So, if that person gets convicted because they're living in sin with their girlfriend, they're going to repent and they're going to end that relationship. If that person is convicted because they've been watching hours of pornography and then they want to go and follow God, they're going to be convicted and say, nope, I'm not going to pursue that. I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, um, have accountability. I'm going to get rid of my phone if I need to get rid of my phone. I'm going to put, we do this with our kids. We, we have programs on the computer that monitors what they watch and websites they go to for accountability for their accountability, because I don't want my sons to be uh, tempted and pulled away by the things that they see on the internet or on TV. So Thursday night, I'm going to go much more into detail on the fear of the Lord, on the fear of the Lord. As we're living in these last days that are crazy days, the enemy has the agenda, plethora of agenda, depopulation, destroy our food sources, destroy our energy, take away our sovereignty, put us under more mandates and lockdowns, more pandemics, so-called pandemics. The enemy wants to um, destroy our food supply, stop us from relying on God, keep us living in fear. The new world order is here, folks. It's here. The beast system that is the new world order is here. But the fear of the Lord is paramount. And Josiah experienced it. That's why he ripped his clothes. We have to experience it. Those, those, those young people, all those people that are going to Asbury, I hope you're not going so you can say, wow, I got to go see it. I hope that if you go, that you're touched and changed. But here's the thing. You don't need to go to Asbury, Kentucky, to be able to be touched by God. You can seek and pray for that move of God in your home. I'm praying that for my home. I'm praying that for my family. I'm praying that from in my own walk. Lord, I want to be revived. The burdens of life are choking me out. The burdens of, 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 of live, maintaining a home and raising kids, as beautiful as that is, are choking me out from my first love. Lord, I want to renew, be revived to my first love. I want to have that excitement and joy of the salvation of the Lord that I did 20, almost 24 years ago when I became a Christian. That's my prayer. What is your prayer? What is it that God needs to deal with in your life, in your home, in your family? 
What do you need to lay down? What do you need to start walking in obedience? What do you need to do to trust God more and fully be committed for Him? Let's quickly go to a couple of headlines that I want to cover. Um, I, I just want you to be aware of this if you haven't been. Pay attention to this, these, these train derailments. Let's start with the Breitbart article. Please dry out very quickly. Um, uh, no, where is that? Right there. Uh, health concerns uh, are escalating, growing as more toxic chemicals are revealed on the derailed Ohio train that first was made public. Uh, this started back on February 3rd. We're talking about, well, all, almost two weeks ago now, and uh, more than uh, 2,000 residents were evacuated. But what's, what's interesting is that it's more information is coming out about how this happened and the fact that the federal government ordered that there be a, quote, controlled release and controlled burn. Now, this is uh, potentially becoming a major environmental disaster. There are people that have already reported fish dying, their chickens dying, their animals dying, who were within just a several miles of this, all these toxic chemicals being released into the air. Um, if you go to the InfoWars article, Drya, I want to show you something here. Um, do you, yeah, look at that Info articles, uh, our article, uh, toxic gas release in Ohio could trigger food crisis because uh, vinyl chloride was one of the chemicals there that is highly carcinogenic, liver, kidney, lung, spleen, nervous system, and blood uh, disorders, cancers, and, and therefore it's killing off animals. Uh, and then down below, we didn't have this up on the screen, but it says the vinyl chloride burned occurred near the Ohio River, which flows directly into the Mississippi River. Thousands of farms could be affected by this, the, the, the plume in the air. Uh, and, and of course, what are the authorities telling us? No, everything is good. Go back home. Not, no problem. Nothing to see here. Why would you order the controlled burn into the air and into the what can come into the water this, and then this is the, and since then we've seen multiple train, tra, train derailments. They're just one happened here, just in in uh, near um, us here in uh, Lenore City, I believe, just 15 minutes from us. So, could this be like the uh, food manufacturing plants that we see that all of a sudden mysteriously burning up, planes crashing into them, fire explosion? over and over and over again. Now we're seeing all these train derailments with these chemicals being released. It's hard to know, folks, but I tell you, something is afoot. We know the enemy's afoot, but they're talking about the wind directions and uh, how it went from uh, this, this East Palestine in Ohio where the derailment was down south. So th this could affect um, Kentucky, Tennessee, Oklahoma, um, Illinois, uh, of course, the you know parts of Ohio. Um, we have to keep an eye on this and 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 pay attention. I just wanted you to be aware of this that this is very suspicious. What happened? I'm not talking about the derail. Well, I don't even know. We have to really pray for God to expose what happened with this with the derailments. What's going on with these derailments? Just like what's going on with these food manufacturing plants. And but. Uh, to be, to, not, to be surprised with all the chemtrails and all the stuff they're putting in the atmosphere and, and, and then the water. Um, just at our Patriot Network meeting last night, uh, we were talking about an update about the fact that one of the bills that they're um, trying to uh, fight here, or, or that uh, one of the good bills that some legislators are trying to promote here in Tennessee is to, to make sure that meat is labeled because they're, they're now injecting meat with the mRNA vaccine, the so-called vaccine. If they can't get it into us through us willingly or by coercion, they're going to put it in our meat and potentially in the air. And that's why, by the way, the balloon thing with the CCP balloon thing is so so dangerous. And we got to pay attention to that, which we'll go to that in just a second. So anyway, we 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 are we are again encouraging people get together with people locally. You need to do from farm to table, direct farmers your milk, your eggs your meat. We just ordered another half of a cow. I have not, I don't remember the last time I bought meat 
beef at the grocery store because we have directly from a farmer to us. We get milk directly from the farmers to us, raw milk. We get eggs directly from amazing people in our church to us. We're, we're, we're looking to do that with chickens now because of all the chicken kill-offs that they're doing. So this is imperative and encouraging you to plant. Right now is the time to prepare planting, to look at, we're gonna be doing gardening classes locally here. I encourage you to look at, connect with people. Uh, and if, if you're not a gardener and, and learn how to garden, learn how to do small space gardening. We got these things called green stocks that are right here based in Knoxville. Greenstock, I believe, .com or .org. Go check it out. They're amazing planters on wheels, uh, amazing design. You can plant a ton of stuff. Uh, we got some carrots and beets and a little bit of broccoli and lots of different spinach and lettuces um, from the green stock. So this is important. Um, let's go dry it to this final headline from the Gateway Pundit um, about the object shut down. This is a, I talked to a couple of people that I know, former military, former law enforcement, who are furious at how the, 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 the corrupt federal government is handling this. Look at this image. Just keep this up for a second. Look at this image. Object shot down over Canada, small metallic balloon that crossed near U.S. sensitive sites before it was decommissioned, says Pentagon. So we had the one, look, you see up in Alaska, then the other one that they shot then over the Yukon that they had to get permission from the Canadians to shoot it down. Then, of course, the initial one that came in uh, from Montana, and then they shot over, uh, um, or they, they said, we want to wait until it goes over the waters of um, South Carolina. Meanwhile, it went all the way through, you can see from Alaska all the way through sensitive areas, taking pictures. Uh, this was a massive uh, balloon, three bus, uh, three bus lengths, they said, and it was one of four objects. And so I believe, and we'll talk about this more on Thursday, that uh, the powers to be are wanting to bring war between us and Russia and China. And God forbid if we do either or both. My friend Leah Holman wrote an article, I forgot to uh, reference this, but his latest article is titled America 2023, Sleepwalking into World War III. We'll talk about that more on Thursday, but I encourage you, he has a lot to, to have there, plus also he had an article about the, 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 the spy balloons uh, from, from China. Um, this, th th again, I'll have more about this on Thursday as well. This is something that we must pay attention to. This is very problematic, all these things that are happening, folks. We cannot be distracted. But in the meantime, we rejoice that God is bringing a genuine revival. We got to pray for more. We got to seek God more. And we got to pray man doesn't touch it. He doesn't, that we don't touch the glory of God. And that discern. Discern those elements that I taught today. Discern those elements from the Word of God. Discern those elements for deliverance as well. Remember, deliverance must be biblical, must be orderly. So be on guard. Be on guard. And let's pray for more of the genuine power of God. Prepare your heart, prepare yourself, prepare your family. Uh, please go to our website, tilministry.com. Subscribe to our email newsletter. Look up our content and please look up our events calendar. I'm going to be in Western Washington at the end of this month, four nights. I'm going to be in Eastern Washington, Idaho um, for multiple events in March. I'm going to be in Wisconsin and Minnesota in April and May. I'm going to hopefully be in Montana, Lord willing, in May. So please check out our events calendar. You want us to come to your area, let us know. Also, again, rumble.com, rumble.com. Please check out our Rumble page, rumble.com slash Sharam. Hadian, subscribe. Please, please, please subscribe. And then will you prayerfully consider a one-time donation? Would you? Um, we had a great start to the year, but uh, very quickly costs build up. We've had more costs. Uh, we're doing more text alerts. Um, we just got a new monitor. Our Again, our second camera is coming with our switcher. Um, we, we are, we're working, folks. We're, we're trying to make this as, 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 be, as best as possible. Help us share these links. Help us share the archives from Rumble. And please, if you prayerfully would consider a one-time donation to our ministry, 
send it. You can do a check to TIL Ministry or TIL, not, not project. Please don't use the word project anymore, but just TIL Ministry, PO Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee 37802. And then finally, if you want to be, be uh, prayerfully consider being a, a part of our Gideon Army of 300, join our Gideon Army to pray for us on a monthly basis and then to do a monthly donation, which is so helpful for us to budget so that we know what, how to budget and to grow this ministry for your sake, for the sake of the truth and for the sake of the Lord. This is Pastor Shaw Amin saying thank you for being with us. Again, vi visit our website, visit our donate page, visit our, our content. This is Pastor Shaw Amin. May the Lord be praised. May God continue to do what he desires to do and outpour to bring people to him. We uh, honor him in all, all this. God bless you. We'll see you Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, Lord willing. This is Pastor Shram Hadian with Christian Love Ministry.